Welcome to Beyond Better, a podcast that explores a simple but profound idea. We all deserve to live lives we love, and that includes our work lives too. I'm Stacey Ennis, an author and longtime location-independent entrepreneur living in Portugal with my family of four. Join me as I talk business, location independence, writing, travel, and so much more, all focused on building a life that is beyond better. I'm very pleased today to welcome Melinda Emerson, known as Small Biz Lady. She is America's number one small business expert. She's a best-selling author, keynote speaker, marketing expert, and business coach, and I might add, a wonderful friend. As CEO of Quintessence Group, her marketing consulting firm serves Fortune 500 brands that target the small business market. She has an online school at smallbizladyuniversity.com and hosts the Small Biz Chat podcast. She's the best-selling author of Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months, Revised and Expanded. Welcome. I'm so excited to have you here today, Melinda. Oh, I'm excited to be here with you, Stacy. Well, I want to start out with a bit about your story. You know, I read a, the short bio that you provided me, but you have a very long other bio that has this amazing journey of just success, recognition, impact. And I'd love to hear how you got started. Where did you begin and what took you to the work you do today? Well, believe it or not, I started out as a journalist. I went to college, I went to Virginia Tech, and I got a, a degree in broadcast journalism. I actually worked as a television news producer for five years. But here's the thing, you know, you got to be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. In my, I was very fortunate that very young in my career, I got my dream job, like my second job in the business. Um, I was 23 years old. I got a job in market for television in Philadelphia, um, which is a really big deal. It's a big union environment. And I was making a lot of money and um, I was working the television station, but you know, I got my dream job and I hated it. I actually hated it. I thought to myself, I cannot believe I worked so hard to get here because this job drained me. It, like it was the per definition of a soul sapping job and, you know, worked every weekend and worked a lot of holidays and just worked with people that weren't kind. And, and I was just like, if I stick around here, I'm going to start acting like all these people. And so I was like, I got to get out of here. And fortunately, when I was a sophomore in college, I had a germ of an idea that one day I wanted to start my own business. And believe it or not, I was inspired by Oprah Winfrey because she was the first journalist I ever saw start a business. And it's funny because a lot of people are inspired by Oprah for all these other things, but I always followed her career in terms of business. Her business acumen was gangster, right? And I was just like, yeah, wow. Like when I, when I looked at what she did and how she did it, I was like, yeah, creating one's own creative product is the way to go. Now, little did I know where it would lead me, but my first business um, that I started when I was 26, believe it or not, uh, was a video production company. So I started telling stories and did a lot of corporate industrial work. 
Um, and that work went well. I mean, I was very young and, and had some really quick wins and became a fairly big company. I was the largest female-owned production company in Philadelphia. Um, my husband at the time was able to quit his full-time job at GE and join our business full-time. At one point, um, I, Philly has sort of like a mini Inc. 5000 list. And so I, there was a Philly 100 list and my business was like number 29 on the Philly 100 list. Wow. So we were doing really well, but guess what? Then I got pregnant with my son. And at 32, I ended up with a high-risk pregnancy and on bed rest for six months. And I never in a thousand years would have thought in my early 30s that I would end up with some crazy high-risk pregnancy, but that's exactly what happened. And I want to tell you, it was like 2005, 2006. Well, guess what? Wi-Fi wasn't in everybody's homes back then. I literally had like a Palm 3 cell phone trying to run my whole life and it didn't run so well. And I also realized when that happened that I had built a business that couldn't run without me. I had built a culture of like, you had to come ask mama, you know, mama wasn't there. So I was, what I realized when I was on bed rest and literally, you know, going to the hospital three times a week, getting testing done was that I needed to take note of the things that I never stopped to think about in terms of how my business ran, how my business got leads, what, you know, all of the things that if you build a business that can run without you, you don't have a business you have a, a jobby, you, you have something that you will never be able to sell. And I realized that I would have run my business better if I had had better advice. But back in 1999, when I started my business, there wasn't anywhere to get small business information. The only sort of like finance experts that were even on TV back then were Susie Orman and Jean Chatsky on the Today Show. Those, those only people, and they were talking about 401ks and helping people save for retirement. And so I realized that there was an opportunity to provide business information. And after I had my son and, you know, my business was almost in the shambles after all of that, after I recovered from that, I realized that the most valuable thing in my business was what I learned from running it. And that if I could help people learn all of my hard lessons up front, then they would be able to go further faster and other people wouldn't have to experience a lot of the things that I did. And that's what made me um, get on this path of writing my book, Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months. And, and the interesting thing about that is that's what happened to all those notes I took when I was on bed rest. It became my book. Uh, become your own boss in 12 months. But the interesting thing about my book, so I wrote my book in 2007, 2008, turned my book into my publisher, September 1st, 2008. Well, you may recall what happened about September 14th, 2008. Yeah, People interesting timing there. <laughs> yeah, people's 401ks became 1ok's, right? It was like the world crashed, the market crashed. And my publisher called me up and said, thank you so much for being a first time author that actually turned your book in on time. But we don't think anyone is thinking about entrepreneurship right now. All these people are losing their jobs. We want to shelf your book and bring it out in a more favorable book environment was what they said. And I was like, 
holy macaroni, Batman, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> because at that point I had kind of wound down my company thinking I'm going to become a book author and speaker and keynoter and travel all around. Well, that is not what happened. And I had to figure out what to do next. And I was talking to a friend in the National Speakers Association. She said, Melinda, if I were you, I would start publicizing that book like it's coming out anyway. And I would get you a publicist and, you know, figure out this new social media thing. I think that's going to be a new wave of marketing and you might want to, you know, leverage that. So I called up this woman who knew as much as you could know about social media then, because think about it in 2008, Twitter was one years old. It's not like now where everybody's like, friend me, follow me. You know, it wasn't anything like that. I can remember the first conversation I had with my publicist, Kathy Larkin, and she was like, I know what we're going to do. We're going to go out on Twitter and build your author platform. And I remember, and I said to her, what is Twitter? Like I literally, I had no idea what she was talking about. And she was just like, don't worry about it. I'll teach you. And so finally the day came for me to get my own Twitter account. So I go on twitter.com and I put in Melinda Emerson and I get this notice back. This name is already taken. What? It, I mean, it was so ridiculous. I was like, what do you mean my name? My name is not common. <laughs> um, but thanks to Facebook, I now know that there are seven other Melinda Emersons, but I'm the only black one and I own MelindaEmerson.com. So the funny thing is, is they all know who I am, I'm sure. But that day I had to come up with a nickname because it was like, well, what am I going to do? And I remember talking to my publicist and, and, and she said, well, you need a nickname. And I said, well, you mean like Mindy or Melly Mel or something? And it's like, she said, no fool, you're not a rapper. I'm not going to give you a nickname like that. And I was just like, okay, you'd have to yell, right? And so she said, look, we need to come up with a name that's going to tell people who you are and what you do. And so that was the day I became Small Biz Lady, which we now know was probably the best branding accident that could have ever possibly happened to me because there's hundreds of thousands of business experts and coaches and all that stuff, but there is only one Small Biz Lady. And I built over that 18 months that I had to wait for my book to come out, I became a black belt in social media and I became a blogger. We launched my blog, succeedisyourownboss.com, which is a, a very well-respected, um, huge blog now. And my social media following on Twitter alone is about 300,000. And uh, my reach across my entire social footprint my email subscribers, as well as my blog subscribers, we reach about 3 million entrepreneurs each week. Now with my content and information, all these 11 years later. And, um, you know, the great news is when my book finally did come out back in 2010, it was a hit. And a lot of people, because I had just been out there promoting, helping other people, sharing other people's content, everybody reached out to help me when my book came out and it really, really paid off. And now I'm so blessed and excited because we're now into the third edition of Become Your Own Boss in 12 months, which is unbelievable because if you are a book person, you help people write books and you know, nonfiction business books do not hang around that long. <laughs> well, and, and even if, if somebody looks that up on Amazon, they'll see just an amazing amount of five-star reviews from people who've been positively impacted by your work, by your book. Melinda, 
What's interesting about knowing you personally first, before I got to learn more about all the things you do, is that I have this this thing that listeners don't have. I've actually seen on the inside how deeply committed you are to the people you serve. You're so passionate about the work that you do, the content you create. You are constantly trying to best yourself, <laughs> always looking to to get better and, and really produce excellence in your work. And not just because you like to do great work, but because you actually really deeply care about the people on the other side of it. When I think about the people on the other side of your work, there, there are two, two kind of big categories I would think they would be in. One would be people at jobs that they either hate or are kind of neutral about that really desire to own their own businesses, to have that freedom, both of schedule, choice, schedule and choice and financial, right? And then there's mm-hmm. this other group that is maybe already business owners, but they really benefit from your smart, business savvy content. What is it that, you know, we heard this story about you in bed rest and realizing you had something to share, but that necess- wouldn't necessarily turn into an empire. There, what, There's passion that drives the continued forward motion of the work that you do. Talk to me a little bit about where that passion stems from. Why are you so committed to helping people start and succeed in their businesses? Well, I think because everyone deserves the right to live their dream life. And I honestly believe that entrepreneurship is the only way to one, build true wealth, but two, just to ultimately be able to do the things you want to do for your friends, for your family, for your children. And so for me, I just feel like, you know, back when I got started as the small biz lady, or, you know, even getting serious about writing this book, I kind of had a personal crisis. I wasn't happy anymore being this raging workaholic entrepreneur. I mean, I worked 12 to 14 hours a day and I made it culturally, you know, like every, you could call my office at nine o'clock at night. People would answer the phone. Like it was three o'clock in the afternoon. Like not only was I a workaholic, I made everybody around me be a workaholic. And I was like, okay, after I had my son, it was like my, my whole world changed because now I had this little baby and I had something else to focus on other than this business. And so I was like, okay, I have to figure out how to still maintain a business, but I needed to do business in a different way. And I realized, I honestly prayed over it because I, I was 33 years old and I kind of had this Mariah Carey meltdown, you know, like, oh, I'm not happy anywhere. I got this baby. And, you know, by the way, my marriage was crumbling in the background of all of that too. And I was just like, Lord, I don't know what it is I'm supposed to do next. And literally, I got a vision in a dream three times to become America's number one small business expert. Now, Stacey, I don't know if you're a religious person or not, but it's my belief that God speaks to us through vision and dreams. Um, And so for me, I didn't get it the first time. So he showed it to me again. And then finally, he showed it to me the third time. And I was like, oh, okay, this is so really for me as the small biz lady, this is my 
calling. Like this is actually my gifting. So it's not something that I do for money. It's, you know, it's a business, but it like, I don't even know what else I would do if I wasn't doing that. And so, so many amazing opportunities and things have come to me, even how I even got this book deal, because what we know about books now, if you don't have a platform, you don't have an email list, you don't have a following, they don't even want you. And I had none of these things. I mean, I had a reputation. So I had a media kit. I had four chapters and I had a table of contents. And I ended up on the phone one day with an acquisition editor from Adams Media by pure happenstance. I didn't have a book proposal. I didn't have an agent. I had an idea. And I had also met that idea with work, which I think is a really important part of that, that story, because the, the vision that you had, the ideas that you had, none of that would have turned into where you are today if you hadn't have produced those chapters, put together that table of contents and really sat down and done the work. I, I, I love to anchor to that piece of it because I think sometimes people can listen to amazing stories like yours and wonder why they aren't there or wonder even how to get going in that direction. But at every point you have told me about your story, I hear work, I hear intentionality after overwork, right? And re reimagining what that could look like. And then as you build up this amazing business that you have today, continuing to show up, do the work, but in it with a different mindset that's not focused on depletion, but rather on creation and impact. Yeah. And so I had to think about what was amazing about my transition to becoming the small biz lady was all of the training, all of the other skills that I had prepared me for what I do right now. I was a master content developer before they called it that. I mean, I worked in a television station. I wrote scripts every day. I produced live television on and off the air on time. So all of these things are things we do now all over social media, whether we're going live on video or we're producing actionable bite-sized content or we're writing eBooks or we're writing books or whatever it is, I have always been prepared. Like at the end of the day, my secret sauce was my writing ability. And I wanted to be a journalist since I was in eighth grade. Like it was what I always wanted to do. And, but what was amazing to me about my journey though, was when I left the business, when I left TV and started my own company, I never thought I would work in journalism ever again. And to be honest with you, I didn't want to. <laughs> I was like, I was kind of like good riddance. Let me get out of it. But what is amazing is that, you know, your gift will make room for you. Because what later on, when I started my blog, when I wrote my book and my book wasn't coming out, I was like, well, I got to start blogging, telling people what the book is about. So I developed this blog and then the first call came and it was from entrepreneur wanting to know what I'd be interested in doing a column for them. And I wrote for them for like two years. And that was back when entrepreneur was one of the, the biggest small business sites. They were getting 6 million hits a day to that site. I mean, it was amazing. So when I wrote something for them, they really liked it. They would put it on the homepage. Like, I love that. And then after I wrote for them for two years, I got a call from the New York Times asking me if I would be interested in doing a social media column for them in the You're the Boss blog of the New York Times. Now, let me wow, tell you something amazing <laughs> everybody that goes to journalism school 
wants to work for the That's biggest, right. the biggest, biggest publication in the world. And once you go TV, being able to go into print journalism is unheard of. They let print journalists become TV people. They don't usually let TV people become print journalists. That's not, that's like not happening. But for me, because of the way I was able to build my brand and build my business with content, so many amazing opportunities unfolded. And that's the thing that I want every entrepreneur to know is that you have to continue to grow. You have to be a lifelong learner and you can't be afraid to do things that you don't, that you're not familiar with. You have to get out here. You have to try things. And because your business is a work in progress, your business plan is your hypothesis of what you think is going to happen. And then when you get some data, right? Then you can adjust because then you know who your real client is. Then you know the price point they're actually going to pay. And so you really have to continue to tweak and test so that you can make sure that you're meeting your customers where they need you to meet them. And that's so, so, so important. I think sometimes people get started in business. They're like, well, everybody could use this. Um, no, <laughs> if everybody can use it, in fact, probably nobody's using it. So the, the, what I want to tell all entrepreneurs is that you've got to focus on a specific niche target customer because all small businesses have the same two problems, limited time and limited resources. So you might as well pick a target that you can actually hit. And so that's why it's so important when I wrote the become your own boss in 12 months, I developed a six step system to help people transition from having a job to starting a business. So step one, believe it or not, is I want people to develop a life plan before they ever develop a business plan. Because what I want is for you to figure out what your big picture vision is for your life. And then once you got that, all right, now let's help you find a business that's going to throw off enough money to allow you to live your dream life. That's what I want for you. So we start with life plan. Then the second step is a financial plan. Here's the news flash, guys. Banks do not loan money to start up businesses. So the money to start your business is going to come from your right or your left pocket, basically. So you've got to figure out how are you going to fund this dream? How are you going to tighten your belt so that you can save more? Are you in a marriage where you guys can live off of one income? That's optimal. But if you're a single person, you got to cut back. And I mean, 20 to 40% cut back because what you got to do is cure your addiction to your paycheck. Because <laughs> once you start in business, you might not get one of those on a consistent basis for a couple of years. So I really want to help people get into that financial discipline and savings. And then I want to talk about, okay, let's talk about this business. All right. You want to start a restaurant? Great. Have you ever worked in one? Do you know what skills you need to have to run a restaurant? If not, maybe you should go work part-time for one so that you really get to know the inside information. Because I see people all the time, I will always wanted to run a restaurant and have never worked in one. You know, these are, these are scary, scary things I see people do. But I also see people do stuff like, oh, you know, I want to start a daycare center. I heard those, you know, great money. Don't have any kids and don't like kids, right? You know, it's just like, no, we, we don't want to chase money. What I want you to do is trace, chase your dream life and do it with a plan, right? So once you get clear about what business you want to start, then we got to figure out that paying customer. 
Who are you targeting? And you want to figure out how to become a specialist because anybody can have any kind of business. But if you specialize in solving a customer's problem, you will always have work. So the example I love to give is like, you know, you could start a graphic design company. Great. Okay. Or you could start a graphic design company that specializes in educational materials. Now, which company is going to get work on a consistent basis? The one that decided a specific lane that they're going to own. And so that is, is, is the thing that I want you to think about. But then after you figure out your paying customer, how you're going to reach them, what channels you're going to use, then you do need to develop a business plan. Now, I don't necessarily think it needs to be like this 40-page manifesto, but you do need 10 good pages that are going to describe what your business is, what the competition is, how you're going to get the phone to ring, and what you're going to do, have to do to deliver once you get an order. Those are the things that you really need to get clear about. And then how much money it's going to cost you to really get this business off the ground. you got to know all that stuff. Do not spend more time planning your vacation then how you're going to support yourself and your family financially. You can't let your fear of math like be the reason why you don't know the numbers in your business. And you certainly do not want to quit a job on a half-baked business idea. That is bad. And by the way, I don't believe in quitting a job to start a business. Unless you're starting a business that is a direct competitor to your employer, mm -mm. step six in my system is launch while working. I believe in side hustling. I listen, it takes 12 to 18 months for a small business to break even, let alone throw off enough money to replace your corporate salary. So you want to learn about business on somebody else's dime as long as you can. And most people are starting the kind of businesses that they're running in their evenings and on their weekends anyway. So I do think that it's possible to start a business, whether it's a lifestyle business or a business that you're trying to scale up to go public one day, but you have to do it in bite-sized chunks. You've got to do it in a way because you're going to learn a lot. It takes 10 to 12 jobs you're doing at one time when you put out your shingle and say you're open for business. So you really want to learn those jobs before you're absolutely 100% financially dependent on that. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. I wish that I had picked up your book when I started my business. Um, you know, so many just falling flat on my face moments along the way. One thing I wanna to touch back on, so you gave us this beautiful step-by-step kind of intro to, to the way that your book lays out, Becoming Your Own Boss in 12 Months. But I wanna go back a bit to some of those catalyst moments for you. Because I really believe that people who end up being successful in whatever it is they want to do, whether it's starting a business or writing a book or doing something that's big to them, a, a big dream, big goal, they, in those catalyst moments, they're able to connect to something within them that propels them forward to be successful. And one quality that you mentioned was courage. I think courage is such an important quality for small business owners, for any type of entrepreneur. It's funny because today, actually, I went on a bike ride with my husband and he sent me a picture that he'd taken of me just from, from the back. And I saw this picture that he sent me and I was thinking about all the things that I hate about riding bikes. Like I'm afraid of dogs. Uh, there's a lot of dogs here in Portugal that run, a, run around and kind of can chase you. I'm afraid of getting hit by a car. 
I am afraid of my bike breaking, which happens sometimes and you just could die or something bad could happen. I hate clipping into the bike. It terrifies me when I'm going on like, you know, bumpy roads or there's a divot or something. And yet I love riding my bike. I love that feeling of freedom and connection and speed and adrenaline. And so that's just a small example, but there's so many things in my own life that if I were to let those things that scare me prevent me from experiencing the thrill and joy of whatever the thing is, whether it's riding bicycles or starting a business, how sad that would be. I wondered if along, you know, we just heard this great system, you could also maybe share some of those qualities that you have found help people become, or I guess that are within them, that help them be successful. Because mm-hmm. you can learn a lot. There are a lot of skills that you can develop. But there are some innate qualities, I think, that help people succeed. And what have you seen over your experience, this amazing amount of experience you've had connecting with small business owners? Well, I think that people who are successful in business are visionaries, but they are also people that are able to articulate their vision to others. Like you've got to be able to get other people excited about your idea, whether that's your employees or your customers, even your banker, right? You want to be able to, to help people see your vision, but you also have to be that salesperson. And you got to recognize that you're selling yourself as much as you're selling your product or service. So you want to make sure that you always represent your personal brand in a way that invites people to ask you a question or to be interested in what you have to say. I also think successful leaders work on their leadership. Just because you own a business does not mean you're a leader. It means you're a business owner. And I think that One of the things that really helped me early on in my business journey is I took some kind of education course, executive education course for the first 10 years of my business every single year. I went through Leadership Inc. I went to the Tuck School uh, for an executive, um, you know, minority business executive training. I went to UVA for a venture boot camp. I mean, I intentionally worked on my leadership skills and my business and negotiation skills. Because luckily I was so young when I started in business, I didn't have that extra bag of arrogance. You walk around when you've like been successful and you're like, oh, I got this. No, I didn't think I had it. I I knew that there was a world of stuff I didn't know. And so I basically turned myself into the ultimate student of entrepreneurship. I created a small business library. I have read almost every book on the subject Um, and people know that about me. So they mail me books, but I think that It's important for you to understand that running a business is a spiritual journey as much as it's anything else. You're going to be pushed and pulled in ways that you never thought. Sometimes you're going to have to force yourself. And then other times you're going to have to stop yourself. Because the thing about being an entrepreneur is that you're going to see great opportunities everywhere, but you have to keep the one thing the one thing. You have to own your lane. You have to figure out what it is you want to be known for. And sometimes you can be known for the work that you turn down. Everybody's money isn't good money to take. And so you really want to be honest with yourself about it, right? And so I think that 
You have to learn to be a good leader. You have to be intentional about um, your employees and how you treat them and understanding that coaching leaders win more than anyone else. So you want to be interested in the goals of the people that work for you. So if you care about what they care about, they won't nickel and dime your customers, right? So, so I think there's a lot that goes into creating yourself as a business leader and constantly working on yourself and joining mastermind groups and going to trainings and retreats and stuff. And even having what I call a kitchen cabinet of advisors of people around you. That's five people that are like a confidential sounding board to be in your corner. You need somebody who's an existing entrepreneur, somebody who's been there, done that, and has the potholes to show it, right? You want someone who is an advocate, maybe a customer or potential customer that can give you the inside scoop so that you know what the real budget is so you can get that contract. You also need someone who is a mentor that maybe has nothing to do with business at all. They're, they're more of a personal mentor. I know for me, you know, I needed a mentor to learn how to be a mom and learn how to be a wife, you know, like people like that, that can kind of talk you down off the ledge when you're like, I've had it with everybody, with everything. And then you need a lawyer and an accountant. And fortunately, if you went to college, you'll probably know somebody who is a lawyer or an accountant or in your travels. Now, I call this group of people a kitchen cabinet of advisors because these people work for food, right? They're not trying to send you a bill every time you pick up the phone and call them. But you want to be strategic. You don't want to waste these people's time. And so you want to make sure that when you ask them for advice, if they give it to you, you better take it or you better have a good reason for why you didn't because you don't want to burn a relationship because mentorship relationships are important and people don't have to give you their time. It's the most valuable thing they can give you. So I think that those are the things when I think about the leaders that I know that are winning, that win consistently, they, they invest in their own professional development and they pay attention to everything and everyone around them. Oh, I love that so much. What I heard as a really high level summary is self-leadership others leadership and relationship it's really this kind of connection understanding yourself growing yourself understanding others growing others and developing those connections thank you so much for your time i'm sure that listeners can hear you are just bursting with knowledge we could be on for another four hours and not even scratch the surface of all the things that you have to offer so can you please share where people can learn more about you and where they can order your book and what else is going on in your world that they need to know about. Well, first of all, if you want to just follow me across social media, I am small biz lady everywhere. And if you use TikTok, I am the small biz lady on TikTok. If you're interested in ordering a copy of Become Your Own Boss in 12 months, please go to becomeyourownbossbook.com. I've got some great bonuses and things over there. So if you want to dive in and make sure that you take advantage of all of that, please go over there. And if you are interested in any more online training tools, I also have Small Biz Lady University where I have great courses on how to become your own boss how to sell and market online, the ultimate guide to email marketing and social media selling. So if you're working on your digital pivot, head over to Small Biz Lady University. We've got some great tools for you over there. Melinda, thank you so much. I'm so excited for you with this latest book release and so grateful for your time today. Thank you so much for having me, Stacey. This podcast is produced by me, Stacey Ennis. 
Special thanks to Daniel Alexander for sound editing and Catherine Fishman for project support. These two make the show possible, and I'm grateful. You can always access show notes, including any links mentioned in this episode, at stacyennis.com slash podcast. And you can connect with me at stacyennis.com, on Instagram at Stacy Ennis, or on Facebook at Stacy Ennis Creative. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Here's to building lives that are beyond better.